Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Tuesday, everybody, and welcome into the Gramlick and McLean podcast. Happy New Year! It's 2023. Mac, I, I really can't believe that. And you know what's shocking about 2023? It's been hitting Talk me hard. Me. Talk to me. You and I are both going to turn 30, man. Oh, why do we have to start with that? I had to hit you with that right off the bat. That's crazy. What a Sounds swing. Awful. I mean, mine's like coming up in a hurry. Um, you still have a little ways to go, but. Uh, you know what's fascinating about 23 so far, KG? I went all of 22 football season. No ailments, no sicknesses. I get home from uh, the Orange Bowl, and I feel like I got hit by a train. Like, <laughs> I'm stuffy. I'm, like, snot just everywhere. This is gross. Everyone looking at YouTube, you'll probably see that. Um but yeah, super fun for me. I can't see my child. Like, I'm staying away from Amelia, which is oh. terrible. It's brutal. But here we are, and we can you know do this from afar, and I don't have to get you sick, uh, who's also with child. So it's great. I think it's impressive that you made it the whole football season without getting sick because it it happened like you're on so many planes. Generally, I during basketball I get something around like February twentieth. That's oh, when gosh. it just something hits me, like the end of February. So I am very impressed, and I do want to ask just the overall snot. Um, you know, levels. Are you or you or Amelia? Who's producing more snot right now? For sure, me right now, which okay. is crazy. Oh it's absolutely crazy. Yeah. So, <laughs> knock on wood, uh, she is not sniffly or no temperature, nothing like that yet. But like I said, uh, staying away from. Well, I just meant being hard. a baby because babies just you know yeah. have the flow coming out. That probably times. will. That's probably still coming. She's probably still too young to do that. Uh, which is yes. Great, which is great. I would agree. <laughs> well, Mac, this is a new year, as we've discussed. And we have a new sponsor. Would you like to tell our friends listening about this new sponsor? We are both Come very on. excited. Yeah, KG, I'm jacked up about this. We have the great people over at Rock'em Socks joining the good fight here on Gramlick and Mac Lane. And guys, this is what's so fun about this. 10,000 plus crazy designs of your favorite college team. NFL team, just entertainment. I'm a big Marvel guy. Kelly is not. So they have every Marvel sock you could ever think of. Uh, pro leagues, other pro leagues. I mean, literally, you go to rock'emsocks.com, anything that you can find, they have a sock for it. I have a couple others in the back. It says like uh, Clemson Dad. Uh, there's some tools on it because you know I love my tools. Um, and then there's like tacos just all over the socks. So that's like my special sock right there. So anything you can ever think of, they have the socks for it. Go check them out right now. That's right. And what we really like, and they're big into the sports world, they have socks from every ACC school. So whatever, and really every school in the country, if you're looking for any sort of sock, if you're looking for TCU Georgia socks, because you're ready for this national championship, That's right. or you're looking for Florida State socks, because you want to celebrate the cheese bowl, or you're looking for Cheez-It socks, they can hook you up there. So Gramlick and McLean listeners can get 20% off their first order with the code GML20 at checkout. The code is GML20, and it's good for 20% off your first purchase with Rock'em Socks. Find your new lucky pair of socks for game day with Rock'em and get your feet in on the fun. That's I right. love their Twitter and their social media, Mac. They always say, they're like, New Year's resolution. 
We're right. going to be nicer to people with boring socks. And then they tweet five minutes later and they're like, we failed. We can't do it. So there's no reason to have boring socks. There's just That's right. No reason. Especially now that we're telling you about our great friends over at Rockham. And what I'm really excited about this partnership, KG, um, we're going to be doing some cool giveaways. So you guys don't oh, want to yeah. miss out all over social media, Twitter, Instagram. We're giving away the coolest socks around. So you have to dive into that, be a part of it. Uh, we're we're going to be doing our ACC uh, under review t- type of mini series coming up. We'll be giving away each team's socks for every episode. So y'all don't want to miss it. All the socks you can ever wish for, it's coming in hot. Also, there may be some Gramlick and McLean socks. Okay, just going to put that out there. Just going to put that out there. Today, we are here to discuss the winners of the ACC Bowl season. On Thursday, we will discuss the losers. So come back if you're a fan of a loser. You can come back and listen here. But winners only today. Brutal. And the Brutal. ACC overall, Mac, went 5-4 and four in bowl games, which compared to recent years, very, very good. And had some games that could have gone the other way, but a winning record. And specifically, I think the Florida State win, the Pitt win, the Duke win, those were really impressive. So before we dive into these winners, just your overall thoughts on the ACC's bowl season, Mac. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of had it penciled in there. Six and three was what I expected. You know, that, that was where I was like, okay, this is a really good scenario. This is how I see that shaking out. And then you have a couple of, you know, sad, disappointing losses. NC State, I'm looking at you. Clemson, I'm staring you down. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, th- those were two teams that I thought really had a good shot. And then probably the, the most impressive win of bowl season for us in the ACC, Pittsburgh. I mean, getting UCLA, right. the way that they did it, we'll jump into that here in a second, but really loved what I saw from them. Uh, loved what I saw from Louisville kind of kicking off bowl season, one of the first games uh, in, in the uh, Scott Satterfield Bowl there with Cincinnati. Um, very impressed with kind of how they beat those guys down. So we'll talk about all of that, but I, I think a, a, a really good spot of where the ACC finished and a lot of excitement uh, with the teams that did win going into 2023 here this next football season. Well, let's start with that. I think the team that is causing the most excitement right now is Florida State. They beat Oklahoma 35-32 to in the Cheez-It Bowl. This game was closer than you and I both thought, and I <laughs> want to give absolute credit to Oklahoma for showing up, for you know wanting to be there as much as Florida State did, it seemed. And with Dylan Gabriel and, and his ability, I mean, he's he is a problem. And OU was missing four starters on the O line, and they were still able to run the ball and that run the ball really well. And that's just kind of what Oklahoma does. Here's a crazy stat about this game, Mac. This game had 1,083 total yards of offense and four second half lead changes. It was one of the <laughs> best games of bowl season. There's no question. I mean, it, it was something where. You know, like you said, we, we were telling people to go spend their life savings. If you did that, I hope you got insurance. I'm sorry. That's on us. Uh, <laughs> Never you know, just, to us. Yeah, please. We're, we're not very good. Well, Kelly is. I'm not. Um, we're over know, 500. That's right. Uh, take that for what it's worth. Um, and so, man, I, I thought that FSU was just going to come out swinging. But I, you just can't take away from Coach Venables and the things that he can do when he has a month to prepare. And think of that familiarity. That's probably something that we didn't touch right. on enough uh, his days at Clemson, years at Clemson, uh, going against Florida State, you know, having played them, seen them. He played Jordan Travis, I think, two or three times, and then now sees them, you know, for a fourth time in a bowl game. Um, so very familiar with with what they do. Now, that didn't quite matter for Jordan Travis because he went absolutely nuts, 400 yards, two touchdowns, uh, and, and was effective with his feet as well. But, man, you got to give them a ton of credit. And I was, to be honest, a little disappointed with the Florida State defense. I mean, the mm-hmm. fact that, 
Oklahoma ran it 60 times for 250 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, that is crazy. I, I did not think that after losing all those offensive linemen and losing their best running back that had so much of a percentage of their offense and, and running the football, that they would be able to do that. Two 100-yard rushers. I mean, that's <laughs> that's crazy. It was a great effort. But when you turn this thing around, when you look at Jordan Travis, you look at those great wide receivers, running backs, Trayshawn Ward, it was great to see him You know, be healthy, get in the end zone a couple of times, uh, Trey Benson, and then, of course, Jordan Travis running the football. You just can't not be excited about FSU and, and what they're going to look like in 23 we had this debate, and I want to ask you this real quick, KG, before we move on to the next team. Who's your preseason ACC player of the year? Is it Jordan mm. Travis or is it Drake May? I mean, it's almost undeniable right now for me. Just the way that the way that November, December went for Jordan Travis, I don't know how he's not going to be right up there, if not the guy. Right. So I think it's Jordan Travis, and it's no disrespect to Drake May. There's two reasons here. Number one, Drake May is losing Josh Downs, even though – Drake May looked really good against Oregon, and we will get to that in our losers episode. He, uh, North Carolina really surprised me with how they played Oregon. So you're losing Josh Downs. But then the second part is, and we see this in every sport, it is so hard to repeat specifically as the player of the year in the league because you're constantly compared to yourself last year, whereas last year, or really this year I should say with Drake May, we didn't expect this from him. So it adds right. even more impressiveness because we did not expect this at all. We thought the player of the year would be Devin Leary or someone else. And so you, you add that part of it. That's why so many Heisman winners come out of nowhere because it blows us away. Now Drake May is not going to come out of nowhere and he's going to be extra scrutinized and teams are going to watch film on him all spring and all summer. And with Jordan Travis, he isn't the reigning player of the year. And he had, he had some moments this year, you know, the, the three straight losses. He obviously finished strong, but I think we're still going to – it's hard to compare him to last year, even though he had a great year, because he wasn't the ACC Player of the Year. It, it's a lot of pressure on Drake May to replicate yeah. and be even better. And I'm not sure how much better Drake May can be. Right, exactly. So I'm with you with all of that. So we'll see. It's going to be a super fun debate. I mean, there's plenty to talk about this offseason, about the ACC, the excitement level for a couple of teams in particular, uh, but just the overall quarterback play of this league again, you know, is, is going to be one of the highest, if not the best in the entire country. And I think that, man, just to see how he handled this game, the throws that he made, the, the man, it's airing it out, it's throwing dots, it's awkward sidearm throws, the leadership, the the command of the offense where he sees press coverage, guy runs the wrong route, and he goes right up to him afterward. He said, hey, listen, when we get this, this is what you're supposed to do. You didn't do that. Like him having that full understanding makes me just so excited, you know, for next year and, and truly seeing, you know, Coach Norvell in this playbook be 100% open. I mean, as we saw this year, one of the most, if not right. the most explosive, you know, offense in the country when it comes to big plays and the things that they were able to do. So a lot of hype for FSU. They're like the number one class in the transfer portal right now. They're adding a couple of really key mm -hmm, pieces. Always. Uh, the, these guys are going to be legit, and I can't wait to have those discussions because uh, that's what we need. I mean, from from a you know ACC perspective, we need another team to really stand up and rise, and and not only push Clemson, but you know push other people across the country. I mean, after that Orange Bowl. FSU could definitely be the favorite going into 23. Well, we will, of course, get to more of that in the summer. I do want to say Johnny Wilson's name. He's pretty good. Just because He's pretty good. <laughs> he was absurd. 
absurd eight catches for 202 yards. I mean, that was insane. And he he he's unguardable, Mac. Like he's six seven. He is unguardable. <laughs> Throw him the rock. I'm I'm really pumped about this FSU team. And also, I think I heard you make this point on TV. The fact that they got down and had to face some adversity and were able to come back against a team that Oklahoma right. had nothing to lose, right? Yeah. FSU had a lot to lose in that game, and they're trying to win a bowl game for the first time in a long time and trying to get 10 wins and all that. And the way, they, the way they were able to push through that and handle the expectations was impressive, and it gives me more confidence in them being able to handle the expectations for next year, even though they are <laughs> going to be sky high, and that can be an yeah. uncomfortable situation sometimes. Yeah, and, and I, I think it's, you know, I don't want to ever tell anybody to pump the brakes because it's your team, you know, do whatever you want, but – I do think like we we don't need to be super unrealistic with the Knowles. Like it's still a process. They're still yeah. Like, like I just see people on Twitter. I'm just like man, just relax because <laughs> what you're inevitably going to do is undermine the success of that team. I mean, it's, it could be a very very good season. Everybody's going to be complaining and griping because it wasn't X. Uh, it takes some time to get to X, but I think they're well on their way. No question, Norvell is is a genius, a really good coach. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm jacked up for the Knowles. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Well, a team that I think is going to have some pretty high expectations next year as well is Pitt. And in the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl, they beat UCLA, number 18 UCLA, 37-35. to 35. I was so impressed with this win by Pittsburgh. They were with Nick Piatti, who we love. I just love saying his name. No Keaton Slovis. You got backup Nick Piatti. And, you know, he was serviceable. He was 20 of 41 for 224, a touchdown and a pick. Rodney Hammond was really good. Noah, Noah Banacanda for Pitt and no Zach Charbonnet for UCLA. So those guys almost cancel each other out in some ways if you don't have them. But the most impressive part about this whole game, besides maybe the field goal kicking, <laughs> was Pitt's defense and picking off Dorian yeah. Thompson Robinson. Yeah. Three just, just putting impressive. him in really adverse situations. And, you know, of course, my heart goes out for DTR, you know, having the injury. And I'm, I'm not sure what the injury right. was, but hope he's okay. he just looked in a lot of pain. And, uh, you know, that stinks because we always talk about these high-profile guys playing in these games. Should you play? Should you not play? Uh, but Pitt really put him in a tough situation. And disguise stuff, you know, that's what they do. They're bringing pressure, showing things off the edge. And, man, just to see these young cats, you know, from Pitt, that, that was really my biggest thing of what I wanted to see. Who's going to step up? You know, with with these big time names out, when Haba doesn't play, when Kalaja Kansi doesn't play, when Deslin doesn't play, John Morgan doesn't play, who's going to be the guy? And, and you know, seeing Dayon Hayes was great. I think he's going to be a bona fide superstar next year. Seeing some of these linebackers, Elliot Donald, if you remember that name, uh, the the previous Donald was pretty good, maybe the best ever. Uh, you know, at the defensive position with Eric <laughs> Donald, um, I'm pretty sure it's his nephew. But uh, you know, just seeing the next wave of these young guys step up. It's, it's exciting to see. And then, you know, the, the seems like Ronnie Hammond jr. Is going to be the guy. And honestly, if he didn't get hurt that Tennessee game, does he have Izzy Abanacanda type year, you know, because he was the guy in that game and, and then he gets hurt. I'm not sure how much you, Abanacanda still would have done Ronnie a lot. Was the starter. I just don't know. I don't know how much opportunity, um, yeah, you know, space and opportunity to. meet. Are you ready? And that's where preparation comes and Izzy certainly was. Um, mm-hmm. But I think there's there certainly excitement there. If Vincent Davis sticks around, you know, he was a guy a couple of years ago that had a very nice season. Does he get more in the rotation now that Izzy is moving on to the next level? Um, so really impressed with what I saw from them. And then Nick Patty, I mean, h- how can you not be jacked up for a guy when he finally gets his moment? 
stays healthy. My goodness, last year in the Peach Bowl was supposed to be his moment. And he right. breaks his collarbone, diving into the end zone to, to do everything for his team, like the first drive. Uh, but it was cool to see the grit, uh, the, the, the headness for him to understand situations at the end of the game where he picks up that massive first down you know, with his legs. So mm-hmm. it, it was just cool to see, KG, him have that happen uh, in this moment. Potentially, I, I assume he's still going to go on the transfer portal. Last game ever for Pitt. All that he did for that you know, university there uh, was a cool way to see him go out on top. And like we said at the beginning of this episode, a massive win for the ACC to go out, uh, basically uh, uh, go across the country and beat a top-ranked Pac-12 team in a game that everyone thought that you were going to lose, including us. Uh, it was cool to see them get mm-hmm. that done. Right, double-digit spread, just blown away by Pitt. Nine wins. And you you bring up the Tennessee game from earlier in the season. Yeah. Had Tennessee on the ropes, like could have gotten it done. And then it would have been a 10-win season. Tennessee probably wouldn't have been in the Orange Bowl to beat Clemson, <laughs> but that's a whole other situation. And, you know, when you look ahead, first of all, Nick Patty, and you and I both believe this, Nick Patty would have beaten Michigan State in the yes. Peach Bowl last year yes. if he had stayed healthy. Pitt would have won that game. Like they had, they had, they, they were going to win that game. And then so he gets he gets kind of that, um, revenge and is able to stay healthy and win a bowl game for Pitt. So that's such a cool story. Bringing in Phil Dracovic, bringing back Rodney Hammond, reloading on defense like Pitt always does. We've got Clemson and FSU. I think Pitt needs to be in that right. almost second tier, yeah. I would say, as we're discussing the ACC right. next year. And remember, no divisions. So if we're just, if we were just, if we had divisions next year, I'd say, oh, Pitt's going to win the Coastal, which you and I said this year. But no more divisions. I still think Pitt is a team that we should have high expectations for. Yeah, I agree with you, KG. I I think when you look at them and, okay, it's kind of that sleeper team. It's kind of that team that, you know, a lot of people were excited about this year, thinking that they could repeat with just all that they had, you know, coming back on the offensive line, the defense, skill position-wise. And now it's going to kind of be under the radar where I don't think there's going to be a ton of expectation. But, you know, kind of this year, I know they brought all five offensive linemen back. A lot of those guys got hurt throughout the year, so they had to get the next wave ready now. And and to be able to do that, still get nine wins is -hmm. is tremendous. So, yeah, I I think Pitt's going to be in a really good spot. But means if he comes back, if, if, uh, you know, these other receivers, you know, decide, hey, let's take one more crack at this thing with Phil Dracovic, if he can jump into the system and really have just that balance, which we never saw at Boston College, it was either really, really pass heavy or Phil goes out, we're going to run the ball every play. So if there could be yeah. some kind of 50-50 there, I'm excited about Pitt. And I just think the culture they have in place, coaching, the development, it's uh, it's it's one of the key programs at the ACC, no question. And Dracovic has to stay healthy. That's always the key with Phil Dracovic. But he's hopefully going to be better protected than he was at BC. <laughs> The other really impressive win was Duke in the military bowl. Duke 30, UCF 13. That was a Gramlich guarantee. I told you, whoever Duke played, <laughs> whoever they played, whatever bowl game it was, Duke was going to win. And they did just that in very impressive fashion. The offense was very good. Riley Leonard was solid. He passed for 173, rushed for 63 and two touchdowns. I was really impressed with Duke's defense. Duke's defense kept stepping up and making plays. They forced two turnovers. And I think that's really fitting for Mike Elko taking over as a defensive-minded guy, even though Duke's offense has been very good this year. But for the defense to be, to me, the main reason why they're able to really blow, not blow out because it was close-ish towards the end, but Duke made the the score look very good for them. Mm -hmm. 
to get that win. I just I thought that was a, that was really good for Duke. Yeah, I mean, and you you have a dual threat guy who who has the most rushing yards in the country by a quarterback and and Plumlee there, and you sack him six times. You have eight tackles for loss. I mean, it, it was very impressive. We hadn't really seen that maybe once all year from Duke. So to really be the kind of capital uh, or excuse me exclamation point there to win the or finish the season. That was impressive. I mean, we, we've spoken about this Duke team so much. For them to have nine wins, the way that they finished this season, the way that they you know, were right there in every game, every loss, all four losses, one-score losses, and, and had opportunities to win those games. Outside of the Kansas game, you know, you thought that they were going to win each and every one of them, and that's crazy because they were getting you know, kind of killed by Georgia Tech and came racing back. So, for me, the, the excitement level of this team next year – EJ Manuel has been really bullish on them in regards to kind of his sleeper team to win the conference. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's crazy. I don't think that's crazy to at win all. the conference. To uh, maybe be in the championship. I don't know if he said win. The I was I was taking a look at just the way too early schedules and how they're going to shape up. Yeah. Duke does get Clemson at home. Yeah, there you go. I don't know if that's good, but uh, <laughs> I don't know what that means for them. I think it's better for Duke than getting them in Death Valley. Right, hundred percent. If you're going to get them, you, you don't want to go to Death Valley. Um, unless you're South Oh, Carolina. but you're saying they just better hope to not get them at all. Right, exactly. I don't know, exactly. Mac. And we will talk. Obviously, Clemson's reigning champs, so they come up. But we'll talk about Clemson on Thursday. I, I think – Some question marks I, for you? There's some question marks. There's some serious question marks. And we it's will valid. get to that. So, for a team like Duke, why why would Duke sit there and think, yeah, we have Clemson at home. That's an automatic L. Duke Duke's not thinking uh, that right now. Uh. Not with how confident this not Riley Leonard, not returning. the way that he thinks about football. No. I mean, that cat, he's going to be ready. And, uh, you know, so is Coach Elko. I mean, he's seen, you know, Clemson up close and personal a, a handful of times. And, man, I think if you can get Jalen Calhoun to come back, uh, would be yeah. an extra seat, would be his COVID year. Some of these I mean, other guys have stepped up. I would love to see Duke, and I know you brought this up, Duke or UNC might be a little too late because the portal, there, a lot of the portal stuff has happened. But if you can go get, some yeah. like an exciting receiver from the portal right. for Riley Leonard or for Drake May, that would be huge. And it's going to be interesting. And I, probably before I said this, I should have looked at what are the rules with transferring. But, you know, after spring ball, uh, when, when guys kind of find out where they are and if they're not happy, if there's another kind of transfer portal window. There's another portal. That, and the coaches hate it. Yeah, right. The, the coaches are always – and I get that because you can go through spring ball with your team and then right. just say bye. Yeah. That's kind of messed up. But right now you can do that. So, I mean, you'll, we'll see. We'll see if, if Duke can go shopping, if they save some spots and uh, you know can find another high-quality receiver. That would be – ideal for these guys, but a lot of excitement. They're going to lose some key guys with Dwayne Carter and, and, you know, Shaka Hayward. Shaka didn't play in this game. Um, you know, but, but other than that, look out, it's going to be fun to talk about Duke next season. It is no doubt about it. Okay. Our last two winners here, the Gasparilla bowl, Wake Forest beats Missouri 27 to 17. Sam Hartman was excellent. He was 23 of 36 for 283 touchdowns. He had a pick, that's okay. A.T. Perry was A.T. Perrying, 11 <laughs> catches for 116 yards. And I thought, again, Mac, the defense, Wake's defense, the final five drives for Missouri in the game, I think it was two punts and then three turnovers on down. Yeah. So Wake's defense really stepped up. And this was uh, for two, for Wake at seven and five, Missouri six and six, just the, you know, SEC nonsense, which the SEC did not have a very good bowl season. They, Georgia could win the Natty, and it would kind of make up for everything. Well, you know, Georgia, Georgia was the only but... team that cared in bowl season. I mean, you know that, right? Yeah, well, I think Tennessee cared. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Those two. I'm joking. But still, a big win for Wake. Mac, 
Have you seen Sam Hartman say he's going to Notre Dame? Let me tell you this. Because I haven't, and I'm wondering, because I've seen other people say he's going to Notre Dame. Let me tell you this. As soon as the news broke, I texted him and said, dude, super happy for you. Congratulations. And he said, thanks, man. Can't wait. There was no Notre Dame speculation. There was no talking about the Irish. But he didn't say, what are you talking about? So let's just say that. We'll see. Okay. We'll no, see. and I, I believe it, but it's weird that it, you haven't seen anything from him or from Notre Dame. And then they get Buckner back in the bowl game and they win. Right. Well, you know, he didn't look I great. I don't know. He didn't look great. Had like no, six pick sixes. I mean, he they won despite of him. They won despite of him. Uh, but we're not going to talk about Notre Dame. We will give love to them next year because I do love Sam Hartman, but that is it. It's going to be very painful yes. for me. Can't wait uh, for that Death Valley game, buddy. Buckle up. That'll be that'll be a lot of fun. Maybe we'll have Sam come oh, back on the yeah. podcast. That'll and cool. for the Wake Notre Dame game. Yeah, yeah. That'll be interesting. Mitch Griffiths, he's coming, baby. Let's see it. Let's see it. Uh, But, you know, I mean, this this was a fantastic game. I mean, for for Sam Hartman to, you know, eclipse history, uh, now the all-time leading, you know, touchdown passer in the ACC ever. Um, Really cool accomplishment for him to be able to do that. And and just the way that they went out, I mean, he's such a great player. And that's why, you know, it's funny. I got a little bit of flack or heat, whatever you want to call it, for being excited you know, for Sam Hardman. But here's the deal. We all thought he was leaving college football. At the end of the day, yes. I am a college football fan. I, I love the the game. I love the sport. So for us to keep, you know, that talent, a guy like that in our pool, you know, for another year, I was jacked up and, and excited for him and, and the next step that he'll make. Listen, there, there was, you know, no confusion about his intentions that this was his last year at Wake. Like he has said that since July. Everybody knew that. And so, I don't think there should be any ill will. I don't think there needs to be any, you know, I don't know, any of that stuff towards him. I mean, he gave his yeah, absolute I all agree. for Wake Forest. And for him to move on is is just fine. But a lot to be excited for this team and in the future. I, I was really, you know, kind of wishing we would see a little Mitch Griffiths in this game just to kind of get a glimpse, you know, of the future. But I know Wake was was trying to win this game and fighting to win this game. But, man, you, you look at Jamal Banks, you look at Donovan Green, you look at Taylor Marin all coming back, some other young cats you know, that'll take a next step at the wide receiver room. We saw what Mitch looked like in that VMI game. I mean, it, it's going to be business as usual for Wake Forest. And I'm excited for next year for the Deeks and, and kind of this, you know, new look. When a guy's been there so long, it is like, let's see somebody else. But it's going to be yeah. fun to see what, what Mitch can do in this offense. Sam Hartman owes nothing to Wake. I think Sam Hartman has done so much for Wake and is obviously one of the greatest players, if not the greatest Wake Forest player of all time. And when you look at the records, he set. And the main thing that if he is going to Notre Dame, which apparently he is, according to Mac and Sam's text conversations, uh, the main thing I love is that he played in the bowl game. Right, exactly. Even if he was going to transfer, even if perhaps he was talking with Notre Dame or whatever. I mean, we we can't live in this fantasy world that guys aren't talking and looking at their options because – you, listener, would do the same thing right. if you were trying to figure exactly. out the next step. That, in your that's life. the funniest thing to me, KG, is all these like people that are tweeting at these kids. Uh, I can't, where's your loyalty? I can't believe you would do, and this isn't just a Sam specific thing. Um, yeah. you know, I can't believe you would do this. If somebody called you at another company and said, hey, we're going to pay you mm-hmm. double or not even that to come here, guess what you're going to do? You're going to leave. It's just business. Like, get used to it because this is where we are in the world right now. It's it's simple. I'm pretty sure most people apply for a new job before they quit company time. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's just life. That's crazy. But I like that he played in the bowl game, gave it his all, and then 
decided to to move on again allegedly i i want to see someone <laughs> I do too. put out something <laughs> <I> do <too. laughs> that says this is actually happening i should have i should have been right. more direct about it i should have been more direct that's on me <laughs> you should have said sam can you repeat after me are you going to wake for or are you going to notre dame yes or no but still good win for wake forest definitely okay our final bowl game here the fenway bowl this happened so long ago before christmas so just a little recap but louisville beat cincinnati 24 to 7 Louisville looked like they actually wanted to be there. They ran all over Cincinnati. They ran for 49 carries for 287 yards. Maurice Turner, 31 carries for 160. And then you also had Jordan, who had nine carries for 115. He had two touchdowns. Louisville ran all over these dudes. And it felt like I, – I really thought the revenge factor that we talked about with Mark Ennis where, like, okay, really, Satterfield, you're just going to leave us like this? Right. Like, nah, right. we're, we're ready to go. I thought that was a big factor here. 100%. I mean, you look at this defensive effort, um, 120 total yards is what Louisville gave up. I mean, that's brutal uh, for anybody. I mean, the fact that they sacked them seven times, 10 tackles for loss. I mean, th- this was a statement game for Louisville. Love the way they went out. Love that Yusur Abdullah and Monty Montgomery were, and Yaya Diaby were kind of the big three uh, in regards to, to tackles, sacks, tackles for loss, getting their hands on the football, doing you know everything that they can. Guys that have given so much you know to this program and been a huge reason to why these guys were able to turn it around after having such a brutal start to finish with eight wins. I mean, that's, that's really impressive to, to see there. The future of Louisville uh, in the very near future is going to be interesting. You know, just with this new coaching staff coming in, new quarterback, you know, I, I think that surely there'll be a competition because, you know, Doman has won some games, and I think maybe he's earned that right for at least there to be a competition. But I think they feel really good about this young cat coming in of, of being the future and being the face. And, uh, you know, a guy that, that was very highly recruited that stuck with Louisville, you know, even with the change and, and could have went anywhere else in the country. So, I'm very excited to see what that looks like. Defense is losing a lot. Uh, a lot of seniors, a lot of guys moving on to the next level. All three of those guys that I mentioned uh, will, will be leaving as of right now of what I've heard. Um, it's going to be some different faces. But at the end of the day, I, I think that this staff coming in, uh, I think the you, you can't factor in enough how important an alumni coming home and what, what it means to them and, and the results that he's going to be able to get, hopefully quicker, um, but understanding that it, it will be an uphill battle. And don't forget about Jack Plummer. Jeff Brum's bringing in Plummer, who played from at Purdue. He has one year of eligibility left. He's a grad transfer QB who was pretty good at Purdue and then went to Cal for a year and now is at Louisville. So that that could be very interesting, Mac. I think Louisville is going to be one of the more interesting teams next year in the ACC. Those are our winners. Congrats to Florida State, Pitt, Duke, Wake, and Louisville. You guys represented the ACC very well in bowl season. Praise you. Praise we you. will talk. Yes. Good job. We will talk about the losers in our next episode. It won't be all negative. Don't worry. There were definitely some positives. UNC played really well. Right. I think we do have to get into that Clemson-Tennessee game, though, and, and figure out what went wrong. I'm interested in your takes. I'm interested to see. Um, we'll probably naturally spend a little time there. Um, yes. But it'll be fun. It'll be fun. So that's it for the winners. On to the losers. Catch y'all next episode. Another great episode of Gramlick and Mac Lane. Appreciate you guys tuning in right here. Subscribe. Get in there. We need you guys on YouTube. Also go over to Apple Podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe there as well. Always fun to hear from you guys. But until next time, we'll see y'all.